Last weekend, I had the privilege of attending a conference on Tezay worship in Dallas, Texas, with about 20 other young adults from around our diocese. And overall, it was a wonderful trip and a mini-reunion of sorts. Former St. Peter's members Marvin McLennan, Sarah Heinemann, and Michaeline Miller, who are recent college graduates now serving in the Episcopal Service Corps, drove down and were able to meet us in Dallas. Many of our current college students attended the event thanks to the ministry of Jenny and Doug Knight that takes place over at the Morgan House. And I think it's important to note that our college students are genuinely appreciative that St. Peter's not only values their spiritual growth, but as students with limited financial resources, our trip would not have been possible without your contributions. And I also wanted to share something that was brought to my attention recently on Facebook. Now this is from a student who just happens to be gay, and a student who has spoken to me openly about the painful experiences that he has had in churches of his past. But a few days ago on Facebook, this student posted, before going to the event this weekend, I knew nothing about what I was I knew nothing of what I was about to enter into, and I didn't know what to expect. Participating in this event and the workshops, classes, and discussions that went along with the services, I truly feel that it has been life-altering in the best way. I felt a, pe a sense of peace within myself that I have never felt before and was literally overwhelmed at times with the utter sense of love and peacefulness. Over the last three days, I have come to know myself better than I ever thought possible, and I thank God for placing me on this path. I now believe that I went there for a reason, and my hope is that one day I will be able to find the words to properly express what I felt in that place. Now, this student never thought that they would be able to be part of a worshiping community that would accept them without conditions. And so I wanted to let you know it and say thank you for making it possible for this student to have that experience. Now, there were several events over the course of our trip that let me know that I am technically no longer in the young adult demographic. <laughs> While driving to Dallas, I was getting tired and hoped that someone could take over behind the wheel. The problem was the insurance company requires drivers to be 25 years old. So I called out to everyone in the van and said, who in here is 25? And they all looked at me like I was from outer space. <laughs> and one student said, um, <clears throat> I'll be 25 in six years. <laughs> to which I did not know how to respond. Now, we made arrangements with the people of St. Martin's in the field of Fort Worth, Texas, who graciously allowed us to turn their parish hall into a campsite for all the young adults on our trip. We arrived around 10 p.m., and it took us a while to get unpacked and to go over our schedule for the weekend. By then, it was nearly 11 o'clock and well past my bedtime. And so I crawled into my sleeping bag on the floor, expecting that everyone else was going to do the same, which did not happen. Students kept all the fluorescent lights on, they played music on their phones, and they just had a general good time getting to know each other. And by 2.30 a.m., I was stuffing balls of tissue in my ears as earplugs. Naturally, my first thought upon waking was, how fast can I get coffee into my bloodstream? And Jenny and Doug and myself had to drive 10 minutes down the road and pay to take showers at a local community center. 
So needless to say, things started off a little bit outside of my comfort zone. But the conference itself was wonderful. The monks who led our conference live in the Tizay community, which is an ecumenical monastic order in Burgundy, France. And this Tizay style of worship has become increasingly popular among young adults. And the brothers that led our conference in Dallas are currently in Prague, where they've sold 50,000 tickets for a week-long event with young adults. If you've never attended a Tizay-style worship service, it's a very meditative type of service, and candles are typically the only source of light. Various stringed instruments play as participants repetitively chant a series of short hymns. And it can take a little while to get used to, but eventually I think it opens the door to a very peaceful time of reflection. And these brothers of Tizay held numerous workshops throughout the weekend covering a wide range of topics. And I attended a workshop taught by a very kind and a very gentle man named Brother Emmanuel. And he spoke slowly and quietly and methodically. And combined with his French accent, he had my group hanging on his every word. The title of his workshop was called The God of Possibility. And Brother Emmanuel's focus was about pushing beyond the boundary of what we think is possible, going beyond what we think is possible with God and within ourselves and what is possible in our worship communities. And his message resonated so strongly with me, especially as I began to reflect on Holy Week. Reflecting on the journey from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, I began to see that Holy Week can also be viewed through the lens of possibility. In our workshop, Brother Emmanuel began by asking our group, if you were to observe someone who is choking, tell me what is their greatest need. And the answer is simple, but he said, the greatest need for someone choking is to be flooded with oxygen. And next he asked, Tell me then, what are we to do when observing those who are choking from despair? And then he let our class sit in silence for about two minutes. Brother Emmanuel said, The greatest need for those choking from despair is for their life to become flooded with possibility. We then discussed how the sense of despair arises when life circumstances reach a boiling point to where they become paralyzing. And those who find themselves in a state of despair cannot see past the present moment, and they succumb to the thought that their circumstances cannot change. And as we departed the workshop, Brother Emmanuel said, Do not forget that the greatest need for those choking from despair is to be flooded with possibility. He said, Also do not forget that with God all things are possible. Now, if we choose to view Holy Week through the lens of possibility, the events that we will reflect upon this week can serve as the oxygen needed for our spiritual life. And through them, we can breathe new life and new possibilities into our own journey of faith. And I believe that in the 21st century in which we live, we are in desperate need of possibility. As someone who is raising a child and someone who works with many of our youth here at St. Peter's, I find myself hesitant to even turn on the news or to read a newspaper. It's because every time I do, I become bombarded with violence on a terrifying scale. One morning it might be a mass shooting in a movie theater, 
or a bombing at a marathon. The next day it might be a mass shooting in an elementary school or 20 students stabbed in a high school last week. And if it's not that, then it's probably the daily threat of nations threatening on the brink of war. And the sheer volume of violence that takes place across our world is heartbreaking, and it seems inevitable. And the speed in which our society escalates to using violence makes it seem as if there is no alternative. And some say it's impossible. And so I believe that one aspect that makes the coming week holy is the manner in which Jesus models nonviolence. And it is holy because what we see in Christ is so far removed from the dominant narrative in our society. And it's Jesus' nonviolence that opens the door to what is possible, showing us an alternative way of being in the world. Emmanuel McCarthy of the Center for Christian Nonviolence reflects on Holy Week by saying, A week with Jesus entering Jerusalem in a chariot, surrounded with manned war horses and carrying advanced killing bows, would not be the beginning of a Holy Week. A Jesus telling Peter to finish off the armed servant of the high priest would not make for a holy week. A week in which Jesus calls down curses and retributions from the cross at those who are having him executed would not be a holy week. And a week that ends with a body corrupting in a tomb after a life of nonviolent love of friends and enemies would not be a holy week. Now we hear many events like this in our 5 o'clock news. And if, that, if things had occurred that way, there would be no Palm Sunday, there would be no Good Friday, and there would be no Easter Sunday. But instead, what we find through the events that unfold during Holy Week is that Jesus' life provides us with an alternative way of being in the world and relating to one another. And McCarthy says that it is the nonviolent love of friends and enemies that was enfleshed in Jesus the word, the way, and the truth of God, who is love, is what makes this week holy. So as we prepare for the upcoming week as a community, the last thing I want to say is, while I was sitting in the workshop of Brother Emmanuel from Tizay, what resonated so deeply with me was the metaphor that he used about what are we to do with those choking from despair. I think the violence around the world that we see so often arises from a deep place of despair. And it's often said that violence is the language of the oppressed. But yet the more I thought about it, I came to understand that in one way or another, in some part of our lives, we are all choking from despair. The circumstances that lead to our own sense of despair will vary greatly, yet the oxygen needed in all of our lives is to become flooded with possibility. And I offer that up as we begin Holy Week together, and we have a long week ahead of us, where there is obviously no shortage of worship services. Chances are you can stop by any time, day or night, and a worship service will probably be happening. But Holy Week does not have to be a stressful time. And so we invite you to come by Try walking the new labyrinth or spend some quiet time here in reflection. But either way, try to let this Holy Week become a time where your heart remains open to what is possible. Amen.